0: Welcome to Nets Talk Now, Driving Change, a podcast brought to you by the Network of Employers for Traffic Safety. Each month, we bring you engaging conversations with global road safety leaders and innovators so you too can work to advance road safety for everyone. I am Susan Gillies, the Executive Director of the Network of Employers for Traffic Safety, or NETS, and I'm very pleased to have all of our listeners here today with us as we focus on an issue that really is important all of the time, but especially now as we're working our way through this pandemic and we're getting back on the roads and traveling again and visiting and especially with with work and employees traveling. Um, This this issue today we're focusing on, on is international travel and being safe as we travel internationally. And so with me today, we are fortunate to have our guest, Rochelle Sowell, who is the president and founder of the Association for Safe International Road Travel, or Assert. So Rochelle, welcome, and thank you for being here with us today.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Wonderful. So Rochelle, to start off, I know there's a very compelling reason that you founded Assert. Can you tell us who Assert is, a little bit about your background and your very extensive road safety experience and also why you created the organization? Sure.
1: So Assert, the Association for Safe International Road Travel, is a nonprofit organization dedicated to reducing road crash injuries and fatalities through education, advocacy, and sustainable road safety programs and partnerships. Our mission is to protect citizens of, and travelers to, countries. And we work both internationally and domestically. One of the things we do is provide information and resources to help corporations, NGOs, humanitarian organizations, schools, and individuals to mitigate traffic risks. And actually, we're proud of the fact that uh, CERT was uh, instrumental in the creation of the U.S. Congressional Caucus on Global Road Safety in the House of Representatives. We did that in 2004. It is a bipartisan caucus and the current co-chairs are Richard Hudson of North Carolina and Steve Cohen of Tennessee. And we actually remain very active with the caucus. We have something coming up. Uh, We have a briefing coming up at the end of the month. So Assert was also successful in encouraging the United States State Department to collect statistics of the numbers of Americans who die in road crashes abroad by country and make it public information, which we find enormously helpful for us to do our work and for other organizations to push for better road conditions in the country and for travelers. We partner with Uber, the World Bank, and road safety NGOs in targeted countries all over the world. We're members of OSAC and the UNRSC, the United Nations Road Safety Collaboration, and the Global Alliance of NGOs for Road Safety. Well, a CERT was founded in response to a personal tragedy. In 1995, my 25-year-old son, Aaron, was killed along with 21 other passengers in a bus crash on the Bodrum Izmir Highway near Lake Bafa in Turkey. Aaron was a senior medical school student at the University of Maryland, and he had completed his final rotation by volunteering in a hospital abroad. And then he decided to tour Turkey for four days before returning home to graduate from medical school and start his career. According to the police report, the driver was speeding down the wrong lane of a curved, narrow, deteriorated two-lane highway with no guard rail. The driver hit oncoming traffic and the bus plunged down a deep ravine. Emergency medical care, which could have saved some lives, arrived upon the scene just too late. And it was this senseless, preventable personal loss that impelled me to create a cert, honestly with the hope that other families would be spared this devastating tragedy. And I have to say that sadly, these tragedies continue to occur and road crashes remain a major public health issue.
0: Rochelle, thank you for sharing that story. I remember the first time I heard that story and how moved I was, and it is really evident in the work that you've done. Um, You have a really broad reach and really um, that personal side of it makes such an impact. So thank you for sharing that with us and with our listeners today. And so speaking of the broad reach that Assert has, I know you have, you just have a wealth of tools and resources. I've, I've looked on your website and seen a lot of the information that you have out there. So Uh, share with us today a little bit about some of those tools and resources and where we can find them.
1: Thank you so much for the question. So our website, assert.org, is really in itself, I think, an excellent source of road safety information. It includes global and national road safety statistics, safe travel recommendations, uh, global and, and national road safety news, brief discussions of Vision Zero, the safe systems approach, as well as upcoming road safety events, both our own and uh, um, in the road safety community. We've also created what we now call Road Safety Reviews, or RSRs. They are detailed five- to seven-page reports on 90 countries, which are updated every three years, and they're available to businesses, corporations, universities, and individual subscribers. Subscriptions can be ordered through our website or by emailing assert at assert.org. Let me tell you a little bit about the RSRs. They contain detailed, critical information that travelers should absolutely know as drivers, passengers, and pedestrians before going to a specific country. So the RSRs include the country's road crash statistics, traffic regulations, traffic signs and their placement, which may be unfamiliar, road conditions in urban and rural settings, specific roads, which are particularly hazardous. And we also have regional and has and seasonal conditions that affect road safety. We include a section on transportation options and their relative safety and road safety conditions in major cities. We pick out two to three major cities and give that information. We also have a section on emergency information and what to do if you're involved in a crash. And perhaps really valuable and not that easily attained, we have a section on road culture. You know, the unwritten laws that are idiosyncratic to each country and are not evident from official regulations, but are actually very vital information, including, well, who really has the right of way? And what does a stoplight or a stop sign really mean in that country? Is it respected? What do horn honking signify? And how do drivers in countries respond to yellow lights? And when you step off the curb, does traffic stop for you? And what about pedestrian rights and zebra crossings? Are they actually respected? And we now also have added a section called accommodations and inclusions for the mobility challenged or lack of its, or the lack thereof if there are no such accommodations. And we also have road um, safety gender issues if we think they're relevant, Besides our RSRs, Assert also offers a Global Road Safety Toolbox. The toolbox includes checklists on important topics including uh, vehicle and operational safety, um, hiring policies and testings for vehicle operators, pedestrian safety, bus and minivan safety, taxis, bicycles, and and driver safety. Another feature that we have is Speak Up for Safety cards. These are small cards that can be placed in a cell phone wallet, and they include important road safety phrases in Chinese, Farsi, French, Russian, Spanish, and Turkish, and they also appear in transliteration. We also have a series of videos which organizations might find useful, and uh, we also offer webinars which are tailored to meet the needs of individual organizations and corporations. And finally, I think our newsletters to which people can subscribe for free also contains a great deal of information on road safety conditions that are current in many
0: countries. Wow. That is fantastic, Rochelle. What a, like I mentioned, it's just a wealth of tools and resources out there and great information. Those are things that a lot of us don't even think about when we're going to another country, you know, just the differences in driving laws and how uh, the culture, as you mentioned. So really, really great information. And I urge everybody to check them out. Again, it's at assert.org. So that's fantastic. So talking a little bit about those road crashes. Uh, We know that there are a number of factors that contribute to road crashes, which can result in death or injury. Can you talk a little bit about, uh, in your experience, you've you've got a really broad background in road safety. So in your experience, what are some of the factors that contribute to those crashes and are there ways that those could be prevented?
1: Well, that's really such a great question. You know what I think that the most important lessons that we have learned through the years is that it's generally not a single factor, but it's the intersection of a number of conditions, situations, and events that contribute to road crashes resulting in death and injury. Actually, that was a very painful lesson that I learned from the crash that took the life of my son, Aaron, and the 20 other, 21 other passengers that were on the bus with him. As I reported, it's the speeding driver driving in the wrong lane, forced to work many extra hours overtime by the bus company, The infrastructure, the narrow deteriorated winding road without a guardrail that I later learned had been on a government list of black spots that had not been fixed. The bus itself was crowded and it had a very high center of gravity. And the fact that emergency medical care arrived upon the scene too late to help most people who possibly could have been helped. All of these factors really contributed to the deaths of these unfortunate people. And that is why prevention can be achieved only through a safe systems approach. The system involves every aspect of transportation, road user behavior, infrastructure and road management, the existence and enforcement of traffic laws, safe vehicles and modes of transport, good post-crash responses, really working together to prevent crashes or lessen the effects of a crash. Because you know, we realize that, that road users are always going to make mistakes, but serious road injuries and deaths can be prevented by creating an environment that will protect the road user. And by understanding each of these factors and how they intersect, and with the solid use of data and planning and effective management and evidence-based interventions, serious road crashes can be prevented almost always, and they can certainly be predicted. You know, but having said that, I think we should talk for a little bit about the most critical aspects of the question that you're asking, and I think it's the failure of many countries to invest adequately in safe and accessible and affordable public transportation systems, because this would actually, if they're not there, it increases the single vehicle use and adds to crowded roads and hours of exposure to traffic risk, and of course to pollution. Uh, road safety people no longer think in a silo. We try to include all of the issues that are relevant to, to the dangers of roads of road use and certainly pollution, as we know, is a major thing. Uh, poor and inadequate road infrastructure and the lack of protection for vulnerable road users, by that, I mean, of course, pedestrians, bicyclists and motorcycles who in most countries, by the way represent the greatest number of road deaths is another major factor. There are many ways to improve road infrastructure, and I'll name just a few. Um, Separating different types of traffic and road users, raised pavements, dedicated lanes for pedestrian cyclists, median barriers, uh, implementing physical measures such as sidewalks, traffic lights, pavement markings, speed bumps, crosswalks and islands, pedestrian refuges, overpasses, median strips, and effective guardrails, which are, of course, missing in the case of my son's crash again, and advanced warning signs. And the other thing we found very effective is giving pedestrians a three to seven second lead before vehicles are given a green light. Vehicle design, while steadily improving, still has to be improved more. And for those both inside and outside of a vehicle, mandating the installation of energy absorbing crumble zones, protecting passengers inside a vehicle, Redesigning the fronts of vehicles to be pedestrian-friendly as well as friendly to the person in the vehicle. Equipping vehicles with cameras and audio and audible alarms and with modern safety advances like side and rear airbags, automatic emergency braking, lane centering assist, and blind spot monitoring, etc. clearly save lives, many lives. And in many countries, the vehicles that are driven do not have those important safety features. Speed, of course, is a major behavioral issue. We know that speed is a factor in one third of fatal crashes in high income countries, creating speed limits appropriate to the function of each road and installing speed cameras and road features that limit speed, as well as limiting speed to 20 miles per hour on roads with high concentration of pedestrians. It's so important. We have this campaign now, 20 is plenty, and all of these save lives. Alcohol-impaired driving also remains a serious issue in the U.S. and around the world. You know, the U.S. with its BAC legal limit of 0.08 is high compared to other countries, and that is the fact in every state except for Utah. And it's not adhered to. Enforcing So enforcing driving laws and sobriety checkpoints Random breath testing and alcohol sensing technology in vehicles would all help in prevention. And finally, of course, the non use of seatbelts and child restraints in vehicles and the non use of helmets on motorcyclists and bicyclists are all major factors. Seatbelts should be mandated in both the front and rear seats. And we know that proper use of helmets results in 69% reduction of head injury. And motorcycles are are really increasing, motorcycle use is increasing, and the death rate, unfortunately, for motorcycles has gone up tremendously. So that's really a critical issue.
0: You're so right about all of that, Rochelle. The the safe systems approach is definitely something we're talking about a lot here in the U.S. and other countries as well, focusing on not just the driver behavior, but the, the infrastructure, and as you mentioned, all of that with pedestrians and letting pedestrians go first before the cars and, and the vehicle technology. And then, of course, we're talking about the crash ratings and, and making sure the cars are safe. So all of that ties together and can, and can help provide a safe driving environment. But we have some work to do. We definitely have some work to do. <laughs> so, sure. as you know, and as, as we've both heard, I'm sure you've heard this, you know, safe travel is a human right? But that's unfortunately not always a right that is afforded to everyone around the world. Um, as, as you mentioned, a lot of the low and middle income countries, that is predominantly where these crashes and injuries are occurring. And so that's not happening for everybody around the world. So in terms of NETS, many, many of our NETS member companies have multinational fleets. They've got a presence all around the world. So you're involved in, as you mentioned, a number of global organizations focused on road safety. And so, could you tell us, uh, besides making use of asserts resources, you've mentioned the road safety reviews, for example, and a number of other resources that employers could put to use. But can can you tell us, are there other ways that the private sector could play a role in advancing road safety globally? How can private sector organizations get involved in making a difference in some of these areas that you were just talking about?
1: You know, that's such an important question. There's so many ways in which the private sector can advance global road safety. It's clearly a stakeholder in the, an important stakeholder in the battle against road injuries. As you know, in September, on September 20th, the UN General Assembly adopted a resolution, improving global road safety and proclaiming the decade of action, the second decade of action uh, for road safety. This one from 2021 to 2030, with a target of preventing at least 50% of road traffic deaths and injuries by 2030. So, Why am I bringing up the resolution? Because it specifically addressed the private sector. And I I have a quote here. It stated that we encourage member states and the private sector entities that have not yet done so to establish an effective mechanism to reduce the number of crashes, road fatalities and injuries caused by professional drivers, including drivers of commercial vehicles, owing to job specific hazards, including fatigue. And, you know, according to the International Organization of Motor Vehicle Manufacturers, approximately 25% of all vehicles on the roads are commercial vehicles, and many additional are non-commercial vehicles that are used for business purposes. World, world work, I'm sorry, work-related crashes account for more than a, between a quarter and a third of road fatalities in the U.S. and Australia and in the European Union. I think that's a staggering fact. So, I guess I would first and foremost say that members of the private sector should do what NET's members are already dedicated to doing, making road safety a top priority, a core value in their corporations, creating a culture of safety to which everyone in the company, from the top CEO to each and every employee, is committed and involved. Policies and actions that improve road safety should permeate every aspect of its operation. And businesses and corporations should institute ongoing first-rate, extensive vehicle operation and behavioral training and retraining for its staff and fleet operators. Vehicles should be well-maintained, equipped with safety devices and new life-saving technologies. Their speed should be monitored. I keep thinking about my son's crash. Zero-tolerance policies for drug, alcohol, and cell use while driving and, and the non-use of seatbelts should be instituted. There should be ongoing health, vision, and drug and, and alcohol testing. Should That should take place on a regular basis. Crash records of drivers should be kept and acted upon. And drivers should be encouraged to use low-risk uh, roads whenever possible. And I think a CERT could be very helpful in that because our road safety reviews always refer to that and drivers should not be permitted to drive long hours. These high safety standards should be expected not only from the companies themselves, but I think also from their suppliers and their contractors. Their demands and actions should serve as models for other corporations and industries, and also to the families of their own employees. But the private sector's contribution to road safety should of course also extend well beyond its own sphere. Its expertise, resources, technological know-how, scope of influence and funding capacity make it an invaluable partner in collaborating efforts with government, local communities, NGOs, educational institutions, the United Nations Road Safety Collaboration and the Global Alliance. I have to say that through our work on the ground in other countries and membership in the UNRSC and the Alliance, Assert has witnessed firsthand the impact that many private sector companies have made by their partnership with large international road safety associations, with local communities in which they operate, and by participating actively in international road safety awareness programs like the World Day of Remembrance for Road Crash Victims, the Global Road Safety Weeks and ministerial conferences, etc. and by sponsoring or, or helping to finance important road safety conferences. We have witnessed their involvement with local governments by helping to develop and, and fund road safety initiatives and improving local road infrastructure. We've seen them establish safer corridors in the segments of roads and highways leading to their base of operation and establishing and supporting road safety trainings and awareness programs, providing helmets and child restraints and supporting students' road safety education and programs. You know, ASSERT is grateful to the private sector. I have to say many companies have participated along with us in road safety around school and hospital projects. First aid training for Matatu drivers and emergency nurses and a Matatu seatbelt empowerment programs all in Kenya and their involvement in support in our safe communities project in five cities in the Turkey program. And beyond that, ASSERT and our NGO colleagues around the world are so grateful for the partnership and ongoing support, financial and otherwise, afforded by the private sector. But, you know, there's so much that the private sector could and should be doing, and there are far too members of the sector who do not participate at all, or participate only minimally in partnerships, activities, and funding that could really dramatically reduce road fatalities. And I guess this is a great opportunity to appeal to them and to their sense of corporate responsibility to join their active colleagues in this effort.
0: It is, it truly is a call to that because as you said, Rochelle, that is exactly what NETS does and this is your mission as well and we are working together and trying to promote this this road safety within the private sector and that is what NETS members do and it does have to come from the top down. It is a safety culture and many organizations are working on that or already have that but it has to be the entire organization focused on that and it has to be safety for everybody and so thank you for sharing that because that's exactly what, what is going on and there are so many ways that private sector can get involved, whether it's through funding or policies, but just focusing on it and starting somewhere. You have to start somewhere and then branch out from there. So a lot of areas that we can truly make a difference. So thank you for sharing that. So to, to close out here, we've been discussing you know, all of the factors that affect road safety and traveling, and you've shared a lot of great resources for how to make sure that you travel safely domestically and internationally as well. And I think, you know, a lot of that information can really be put to use, especially with employers for their employees that are traveling. But if you had to share one lesson or one area to focus on that each of us could personally do that would help us travel more safely, what would that be?
1: You know, I think first in terms of travel abroad, I'm gonna. I can't do one. I'm gonna do a few. It's really hard to center. (laughs) You need to
0: narrow down.
1: (laughs) So traveling abroad, I think the first thing I would say is know before you go. Learn about the road safety rules and culture of the place that you'll be traveling for work or for study or or for pleasure, for that matter. So that you will know what to do and what to expect. You have to also familiarize yourself with the roads that you will be using. It's critically important. And then I would have to say that reducing our speed is the key area that we should focus on to help us travel more safely. Speed, of course, is one of the basic risk factors. And we know that the risk of a crash occurring is greater as the speed gets higher and that even modest speed increases can have deadly consequences. It's actually generally assumed that one third of fatal crashes are in part caused by speeding or inappropriate speed. High speeds make a crash much more likely because it takes longer to stop or slow down. They also make collisions far more deadly because crash energy increases exponentially as speed goes up and According to the WHO, the risk of a collision goes up by three percent for every one kilometer per hour driven faster than a vehicle is traveling. The risk of a fatal crash increases four to five percent for every one kilometer. If if, the sp- if we speed, it, it's just it's clearly the case. We should of course adhere to speed limits, but you know what assert always says is we have to be prepared to reduce our speed when it's appropriate for the immediate conditions or circumstances such as inclement weather or dangerous road conditions or a high prevalence of pedestrians. And I also think that being personally mindful of the fact that roads do not belong to vehicles alone, but are shared spaces, with all road users. If we have that in our mind, we would really, I think it would really make a strong positive impact on our driving habits. And finally, I have to say that we should always drive as if the people that we love are in our own vehicle and in the vehicles around us and are perhaps walking on the roads and crosswalks that surround us as we move from place to place.
0: Michelle Sobel, thank you for being here today. For our listeners, again, find more information about the Association for Safe International Road Travel, Assert, at Assert.org. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk Now, Driving Change, a network of employers for traffic safety podcast for anyone and everyone who is dedicated to advancing road safety. Be sure to subscribe and tune in each month for new episodes.